Welcome to Sports with Anthony. Today is Monday, March the 1st, and in tonight's segment, we have In the Game with Anthony and Chris. Welcome, everybody, to Monday. It is March the 1st, and today we have our Monday edition of In the Game with Anthony and Chris. And Chris Verrata, all I have to say is happy Monday. It's a new month, and it is March Madness, baby. (laughs) Yeah, it's going into March Madness, one of the best times of the year. So here's a question. Louisville, UofL, a team that you love to follow, you love to cheer for, one because they're good, another because I live in Louisville. But Coach Mack has done such a great job. They just beat Duke again for a second time this season, and Duke is now on the bubble of possibly not making it into March Madness. How do you feel about that? Well, you know, it's it's – it torn a little bit just because you know, Duke has always been a strong program. But if you look at, I mean, there's a lot of good, good, strong programs that have been struggling. I mean, look at UK. Um, uh, to their potential this season, I, I don't know. They, but they certainly haven't played like the, the UK in the past. And I don't know if Duke, same, same situation. Um, always a strong program. And, and to your point now, they, they may not even make the big dance. And what, what's interesting with those two teams, did they get the same memo before college basketball started? Of, oh, yeah, we are playing. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, we actually have to play an offense and defense to win? Okay. Uh, okay, number one recruits, what happened, people? But it, in, in a nutshell, for these players, especially with the situation they had to be in going into this season, and say you are a freshman, I would – I don't know how hard it would be to talk to the players to return for a second season. I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue unless somebody really like desperately needs that money. They might try to go pro, but really, as it looks right now, no, they all need to come back. Both teams, they all need to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Now I don't know if, uh, you know, not having, well, so here's another question. How or, or what are your thoughts or your comments around, you know, this season being much different than the season's past and that there's no crowds there? I mean, how, how do you say how big is a factor is the crowd in the game now? I mean, do you look at, at the programs like Duke and UK and, and um, is crowd a factor? Because I, I would say just as a whole, every basketball player, no matter what level you're at, it it is always nice when you have uh, fans and then even thousands of fans in there because you do feed off of that energy. Like it's just, it's like, it's the extra, just the extra person in that environment to give you that extra boost when needed. But uh, it's almost like you need to treat every game as an away game where everybody's booing against you and you just need to concentrate on the game itself. But I would say, not necessarily the pros, even though they do, they feel that they do get to have some fans right now, but yeah, it, it, it is a little bit different. But for a college player, I think they make more light of needing to have fans in the gym than if it was 
a professional where it's their job. Like it's their absolute job. And it doesn't matter if there's a fan, if there's a thousand fans or no fans, you have a job to do. And then in college, it's that extra environment to have. And for home games, I would say it, it hurts some teams to not have that uh, fan base there. Cause uh, let's say for example, UK for the millionth time this season, uh, there's 10 minutes left in the ball game. You've had the lead the whole game. All of a sudden you get five turnovers and then you start to lose the lead. Then the game's over. There's really, there's not that energy boost to get you back over the hump unless it's the will within yourself to do it. And it's, it, it's going to be interesting, but I do know, for March Madness, I don't know about the conference tournaments, but for Indy, when all the teams show up there, it looks like they are going to be allowed to have uh, family members there. So even though there not, might be the student body there, at least family members can be there to cheer them on. Yeah, and that's a good thing, too. Um, it, it, and you're right. I mean, they, I'm sure they feed off the – the players feed off the energy – um, that you know hasn't been the same as it has been in, in, in years past. Uh, but it's good that they are um, allowing family members that at least, uh, you know, increase the crowd a little bit. But the other thing to it, you know, we're, we are stop, starting to see a, and I think as the vaccine works its way through the, through the systems, we're starting to see a downtrend in the number of, of uh, COVID cases, which is good. So, um, hopefully they'll start oh, opening, yes, yes. opening sports venues back up and that uh, people can start attending again. That's right, because it'll be a wonderful thing when that happens. That will yeah. be great. Yeah. And, and, and this is what I think, if you're the college player going into a tournament, who cares about the regular season now? Let's say that, okay, conference tournament's coming up. doesn't matter how many fans are there. It's you and the five guy or the four guys next to you on that floor and also the 15 other players on your team. That's who you need to worry about. And you almost need to have that Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, killer instinct when it comes to it doesn't matter where I'm at, where we are, I'm going to just rip you up and I'm going to dominate you. And if you have that attitude going in, it doesn't matter if there's fans or not. So – that's the attitude I always played with because I don't care where I play. I'll play you right here, right now. We could play in the sand. We could play on gravel, Chris. <laughs> I am still going to try to smoke you, and I will do everything in my power to smoke you. <laughs> I like it, Dr. Seuss. We can play in the sand. We can play right here. We can play right now. <laughs> That's right. That's how AI rolls on that. That's but right. I think it. I I think coaches have done a phenomenal job this year of just having the players concentrate on playing the game that they enjoy to play. And that that is the very basic of playing sports anyway. And hopefully as this year ends and they go into the summer, that things will get a little bit better. And even next year, say they get to have 50% capacity, that will be awesome. And, it, and then the trend will keep going up and up. But – more power to college basketball and those guys. And you know what I'd like to see in the stands? You know, you can only have so many. If you can have cardboard cutouts, is there going to be a website you could go to where you can pay money to be a cardboard cutout at the game? And if so, Chris, you and I need to be next to each other doing something cool. <laughs> That's right. That's right. 
I'm sure there's a website you can go to or or somebody you could message with almost any organization to to uh, buy cardboard cutouts. I mean, they, they have to be every sports organization or franchise has to be hurting for uh, for for sales this year. I mean, ticket ticket sales are, are so down. I mean, and maybe that's how they're making them up is, is with the cardboard cutouts, but obviously not getting as much revenue. Um, from a cardboard cutout as they are from a ticket sale. But yeah, you, you are correct about that. And um, for right now, what is your scale of belief that NKU can run the table to win their conference tournament this year? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being it is an absolute yes, I believe they can do it. Or maybe are you a 5 where it just depends on who they play? I, you know, I, I, I don't know that it depends so much on, on who they play. Um, I mean, as far as it, it's conference tournament, if, if we're, if we're going to look at it that there, um, because I think their NKU is one of the strongest in, in the conference play it, when they get to the big dance. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to depend on first, if they, if they make the big dance, hopefully they will, um, on who that draw is, but yeah, I think if they, you put them up against a team like, like a, a UK or U of L, it might be a tall order. But, um, but then again, there, there's that saying: any given Sunday, they say that in football, same concept in basketball. It's why you play the game. So, that's right. And in, in this time of year, especially, uh, I think I really think there might be a few more upsets in the first and second round, especially the second round. I think there's going to be more upsets this year than we've had in the past. I agree. I agree. And then switching to golf. Oh. Uh, did you see that the the cool thing that some of the players were able to do because of their how their schedules worked, uh, PGA players were able to wear their red and black for Tiger in support of Tiger. Yes. And that, so what, what do you think of that situation with Mr. Tiger Woods? Oh, I think it, it's unfortunate. I'm glad that, you know, it, it didn't turn out any worse than it did. Um, but, yeah, it was awesome to see the players donning the, the red and black on, on Sunday in, in Tiger's honor. Um, but, yeah, I just – because he's done so much for the game of golf. I mean, Tiger Woods is the golf, but Michael Jordan is the basketball. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, because I watched golf, especially young when I was younger, because of Tiger. Because I liked how he played. I, he was at that time. He was the young gun coming in and just dominating. And it was it was fun to watch and learn of how he plays golf. Mm-hmm. And then of course I like Phil Mickelson because he's a lefty and I'm a lefty. So I've and I've watched those two battle it out throughout all the years. But for for Tiger, I'm just I'm glad. It was not as bad as it was. I hope that because he has just had another minor back surgery, that next year sometime, it might not be till August August of next year, but just sometime if he's able to get to form to where he can start playing consistently just on a golf course and maybe either next year or the year after give it a run again to, to play in consistent tournaments. Because I know – until he retires, he could pick and choose whatever he wants to play when he's healthy and when he wants to play. But I'd love to see him still compete where he's playing 
uh, monthly tournaments. I think that would be awesome. But first and foremost is his health so he can be there for his kids and and just be able to enjoy life. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and you know, I'm, I'm just kind of wondering, um, does he come back after this? I mean, he went through the back, back surgery um, a couple years ago. Uh, he he did, took all he could to come back and and him winning the Masters in, in 2019, major comeback story. I mean, does he, should he come back after this? I mean, what, first of all, what more is there left for him to accomplish in golf? And secondly, um, do you want to just take this as an opportunity to retire where you're still on top, so to speak, um, and and spend time with, with family and friends and things like that? Because I, I do know, like on the side, he does a lot of things with um, with the Golf Channel, with the PGA, just by himself, with uh, teaching teaching people things. And I think he would be a great instructor in some sort of – it would almost have to be where it would be almost like a Tiger Woods TV show in order for him to do it because he'd be asked so much to do personal, uh, personal ones. But uh, – Nathan said last week when I did my segment with him on, on the sidelines with Anthony and Nathan, uh, Mr. Nathan Yates thinks Tiger is just done, that he's he won't come back. But to me, there's just something with him that I feel like he's going to do everything he can to come back just because just the love of golf. And I think he's going to be one of the people that – that will play until he literally, literally cannot play anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and and that that very well could be. I mean, uh, and, and I could see him doing that too. I could see him making a comeback. Because um, uh, he has nothing else to prove. No. You know what I mean? Like the only thing he, as a as a professional golfer, that he is chasing, are for the record. Like he has 82 wins now. He has I forget what what his majors. He's he's only like four away or three away from tying. But I mean it's still a tall task. But he has plenty of years left before he could technically go to the senior tour. I don't see Tiger Woods ever golfing in the senior tour. I think once he's done with the PGA tour, then he's he's done. But. I still think there's some time left, but it might be where it'll be one of these things where he'll golf in, say, the Masters every year, and there might be three other major tournaments that he golfs in each year. I don't, I, I could see that route. Or if you want to retire now, go ahead. There's nothing, there's no, nothing left to prove, except if you want to go for those other records, and you could still have a huge impact on golf when you're retired. Yep, so true. So true. Um, and now, and now for football, Chris. <laughs> football. See, with Mister JJ Watt, this man, I, I, I was off on my thinking of the type of teams that he would consider going to. One, I would have loved to see a Watt brother reunion as a Steeler because. Two, they're awesome brothers, and they are fantastic defensive players. But that did not happen. J.J. Watt, everybody, decided 
to go to the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> and Chris, what do you think of the situation? Do you think uh, by going to the Cardinals, it, it's more of a you are on a competitive team because they are. They are a playoff caliber team. I don't think they're a Super Bowl winning team. But when it comes to his family, he's coming from Houston, Texas, and just going over to Arizona. And I think maybe his family time is what he wants as well at this stage of his career. What do you think? Uh, you know, I think so, too. He's, he's had a long career. Where, where is he from? Is he from Arizona? I'm just trying to figure out, to your point, kind of why he might have picked Arizona. Usually when players have a, a, a good career like he has, a long career like he has, um, and they kind of feel like they might be approaching toward, toward the, the tail end of their career, a lot of them like to go back and be close to their hometown. I mean, I think that's kind of what played into Andy Dalton's decision to, to move back closer to Dallas, certainly in, in Carson Palmer's decision. I, I'm playing to the Bengal fans in the room, and there's only one. But uh, <laughs> in Carson Palmer's decision to go back out west after his career in Cincinnati. But uh, I'm trying to figure where is J.J. Watt even from? Well, here's the thing. He, well, I, I went to Wikipedia. Of course, he went to the University of Wisconsin. But um, I'm trying to see if, well, let's see. Let me click down here as we're looking it up. So let's look at his personal life and see. Um, I'm wondering if he has family in Arizona or if that's where he grew up or grew up somewhere close to Arizona. Um, there's got to be something, but unless, you know, his family could be rooted in Houston where they all go to school there and all of that stuff. And, and he just didn't want to be too far away. Right. But, um, there's got to be reason. Hopefully maybe he'll, ex he'll expand on that decision later, but right now he's not going to say anything, but he is an Arizona Cardinal. I really thought it was going to be, let me, I want to know what you think. I, I really thought Steelers had a chance. The Chiefs had a chance. The Packers had a chance. And, and then maybe Tampa Bay, depending on what they're doing with their defensive line. Yeah, um, it, it's tough to say. I, uh, I don't know. For me, it, it's 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 a tough one to call. I, I, it's always tough to predict kind of what franchises are thinking or what they're doing. As a matter of fact, you know, how many years have we spent trying to analyze one of Mike Brown's decisions, right? I mean, many, many years, correct? <laughs> Oh, gosh, since yeah, I was born. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's always tough to pick out uh, what they're thinking, what they're doing, um, what, even what the players want, too, because obviously a lot of that plays into it. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think you pointed out earlier, I think J.J. Watt asked for it to, to, to be moved from Texas, and they, they honored it. Yes, um, he did, and so have some other players, and that that's what I, I want to get your thought on that. With the Texans as a whole, Chris, J.J. Watt goes to them and asks for the release, and they had a mutual agreement. Uh, some other players uh, stressed their concerns too, and they have been granted uh, certain things like that where they're, they're not going to renew their contracts, like things like that. Well, they just released Duke Johnson, one of their best running backs, and uh, – it looks like Deshaun Watson was uh, 
met by the head coach again. They talked to him, and he said he wants out. Like he he, it, it doesn't matter. He wants out. So I, this is a domino effect, and it's not looking pretty. But Deshaun Watson can do what um, Palmer almost did: was you just retire. And if you retire, guess what? Yeah, you could still be on their payroll, but you can unretire, and then they'll trade you. So I, it, it just depends on what he wants to do, or maybe work out a thing in his contract where you just say you waive all these incentives and benefits coming up and say, keep all the money and just don't pay me starting now and I'll be a free agent. What do you think the Texans are going to do with Deshaun Watson? Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, is there a reason to, to, uh, uh, release him? Is there a reason to, to do anything or put him out to, to, to go into the quarterback market? I mean, I don't even know who, who's out there to back him up. I don't know um, who might be interested in going to Houston. And, and, and I, I don't say that in, in a negative way. I mean, that as in, I, I mean, perhaps there's a lot of uh, uh, interest in a lot of NFL quarterbacks in, in joining Houston's franchise that, you know, I just don't know. But you know, who, who do you go to if you if you decide to trade Sean Watson or otherwise release him? I mean, who who do you pick up in his place? Well, I have a theory, and you're going to laugh, but I have a theory. Okay. If okay. you want, if you want something short term that could be two to three years, but I think it could end up being a five year uh, uh, match made in heaven. You get Andy Dalton to sign with uh, the Texans. I mean, he's already there in Texas. Have him sign there and bring him on your good old buddy, A.J. Green, baby. A.J. Green is a free agent. You have those two there. Hey, you never know. But I don't know what the realistic uh, view is of it. But um, I think it's a, it, it could be something to look into because they are free agents. But uh, we'll see what happens with that but I, I really don't know if, if you do trade Deshaun Watson it will have to be um, draft picks that you get and it's going to be like say two first round draft picks I don't know if you swap quarterbacks like the Rams did you know what I mean the Rams in Detroit but mm-hmm. I don't see another scenario like that where you could swap quarterbacks I really don't because it with what happened with the Rams in Detroit I'm happy for Stafford and golf, I pretty much see you. <laughs> I don't think he's ever going to be a starter anywhere else after Detroit. That's just my no, opinion. I would agree. I, I would wholeheartedly agree. Um, yeah, I don't think he's going to be a starter after Detroit either. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it would be it would be interesting to see if if Andy Dalton elects to make a move from from Dallas to Houston. I mean, he he's one that. You know, you got to think that he's coming down to the tail end of his career, too. I mean, I don't know. Right. I mean, obviously, I don't know what anybody's personal plans are or any NFL player, any professional athlete's personal plans are. But, um, you know, he's he had a, a good a good career in Cincinnati. Um, right. You know, he's and he took his he took his beatings, too. I mean, he's had a number of injuries. So now are you at a point where. Do you want to, you know, go to another team after after Texas for Andy Dalton? I, I don't see. I'll be honest, with you, I don't see AJ Green going there just because I, I think he's a Georgia guy, if I'm not mistaken. He and is. Yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see him going to maybe in Atlanta for for a season or two, um, and then 
and then retiring. Um, but yeah, you go to Hotlanta and play with Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. Woo, baby! <laughs> you talk about can, woo. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see that happening. But um, I mean, you never know. You never know. So here's here's my thought, Chris Verata. Um, uh, with everybody listening right now, I do have a website that is now linked with my Anchor podcast. Uh, Anchor had this option the, that I could set it up, and it's with WordPress, but I was able to actually get my own domain, and it is sportswithanthony.com. I own that domain now. So if anybody wants to, go to sportswithanthony.com, and it's linked with my podcast where you can go in and listen to the the previous podcast that had been recorded and I'm going to put some blogs on there, Chris, of just different topics and things that I want to write about. And, and the very first one that I did was my thoughts on where AJ green will go. I wrote it last night and I know so nobody probably even saw it yet because it's so new, but on on these blogs, you can actually, when you click on the blog, you can write a comment if you want to on it, which is pretty cool. But Very nice. my top um, four teams, Chris, actually, it's top three teams. Uh, the first team, because remember, he's a free agent. He is healthy, and he can sign the veteran minimum wherever he goes. I think this is a good thing for all the teams. And for him, you just, on the back end, you make it incentive-friendly. So, like, you make the Pro Bowl, you get so much money. You make it to the Super Bowl, you get so much money. You make so many catches and touchdowns, all that all that good little stuff. But top three teams, I think A.J. Green can uh, possibly end his career, I would say, because I, I think if he signs with one team, this is going to be hit for him. Uh, the number one team that first came off my head because they are losing one, maybe two receivers, Kansas City Chiefs. You can have him be the third receiver on that team. He doesn't have to be the number one guy. You just add him into a high-octane offense, he's going to succeed with that, with, with that team. Um, another one that I think is the most realistic team, and I've heard rumblings about this too, the Green Bay Packers. Because they are in dire need of a number two or three receiver. I think A.J. Green would complement Adams in every level. And he would thrive under Aaron Rodgers. I, I think he would do well in, in, in both, in, under both franchises. Um, I think he'd do well in, in Green Bay. I think he'd do well in Kansas City. And then the third team, Chris... It, it all depends on salary cap and how every, everything moves for them. But he, could, he would be the third or fourth receiver on the team, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers reload and add A.J. Green to that, that offense. You talk about running a four-wide receiver spread. Who are you going to double team? Oh, you can't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think in, in a in I think the percentage is very small for him to go there. But imagine if you added a caliber guy like AJ Green to what they already have in that lineup. I mean, it would woo. You talk about having trouble to play man-to-man defense. They're going to be playing zone everywhere. And what does Tom Brady do best? Pick apart defense. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> And then my yeah. then my then my last thing of where uh, AJ would go, 
anywhere Andy Dalton signs, AJ Green signs. That 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 is just a a fan <laughs> at heart, knowing the chemistry that those two have always had together. It would be fitting and neat to see them end their careers together. But you know the the likelihood of that ever happening to anybody like that is very rare. But oh, those yeah. are my thoughts on AJ Green on where he could go. Yeah. No, I agree. And I, I don't want to say that it is, it's extremely rare for a quarterback receiver to uh, pair back up again. I mean, look at Rob Gron- Gronkowski came back to Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. Uh, I'm right. Sure if, if I think of the history of the NFL, you probably find a, a couple other pairings that, that that's happened to. Um, you know, I don't know that. But who, would... who, who has, though? Like during our time of watching football, have have you – do you have you no know, from the top besides Gronk and Brady? Jerry Rice never went back to anybody. Um, I I don't I don't think Tony Gonzalez went back to another quarterback that he used to play for. Um, Chad Johnson definitely did not. <laughs> no, Chad Johnson did not. He left Cincinnati, and I think he ended up in New England, and, uh, and then he went team. to the CFL for a year, and then that was yeah. it. Well, he went to Miami, and he got cut because yeah. of a, a off the field situation. Yeah, but but, but I, I don't I think, see it happen too much. No, I don't see it happen too much either, which is why I think the odds of that happening are probably pretty low. Um, I you know I was actually just looking at it. AJ Green went to uh, high school in South Carolina. I don't know if that's where his family is. Um, but I can see him picking a, a Carolina Panthers if he's on the tail end of his career. And he's up, he's upwards 32 years old. I mean, he's. I know, right? Can league. you believe he's 32 already? Yeah, AJ Green. Been, <laughs> been in the league nine, ten, nine, nine to 10 seasons now. Um, so I don't know if that's coming up on the, uh, um, you know, the average, average length or, or season span for, for an NFL receiver. Um, but yeah, right. I think he's got to be getting close to, to the end of his career, too, and thinking about, you know, what does he do afterward? But here's the thing, too. Everybody that, that we've mentioned, you know, the Andy Daltons of the world, the A.J. Greens of the world, um, even J.J. Watt, I, can they – sportscasters, can we see them on ESPN? Can we see them announcing on Monday Night Football? I could easily see that. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, and I think the prime example is how Tony Romo has done post-football of playing. Just, he's a fantastic, fantastic commentator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to have the personality for what Tony Romo does. Um, you know, I don't see, uh, you know, the, the, you know, A.J. Green, I have to believe that he's got, got the personality for it. I, I don't see him you know, on the, on the, on the field pulling things that Chad Johnson would pull and it, it had this very loud <laughs> boisterous, right. boisterous personality on the field. Um, so uh, <laughs> just, and that's not much to go, to go on or to judge by, but uh, I mean, AJ Green could be, you know, could be totally, totally, totally shy in a locker room or who knows. Um, right. Cause you know, you know Michael Irvin, Michael Irvin, some of these kids only know him as a commentator. Yep, yep. But then again, I mean, look at Randy Moss. I mean, he he was yeah. a, a crazy receiver on field, and he's a great commentator. So right, exactly. Yep. So yeah, we'll we'll see what happens for him. I, I I think it would be nice to see some of them uh, be a commentator if that's what they their next move that they want to do post football. I know a lot of people want Peyton Manning. They've yeah. asked him year after year, but. 
I think in time he might do it, but right now he really is a busy guy, but um, I think he's just enjoying not having to do the everyday stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but he does have his own uh, ESPN plus show where it's that uh, Peyton. Oh, I forget the name. I've seen it on TV and on my ESPN plus, but he does his own little TV show with them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something of him uh, giving some back to football, but uh, we'll see if Peyton ends up doing it later on in life as a full-time commentator. I think that would be a good one. Yeah, I would agree. I would absolutely agree. Uh, and then for the NBA, Chris, uh, this upcoming weekend, it, of course, it's going to be different. But the All-Star Weekend is now here, but they are going to do it all in one day on Sunday night. Uh, apparently, they're going to do the starting at like 6 p.m., Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have it set up where they'll do the skills challenge. Then they're going to go into uh, the three-point contest. I forget at what point, but the dunk contest is going to be at halftime of the All-Star game. Oh, is it? That's, that's how that's they a, said they're going to do it this year. That's to me, that seems like it. Yeah, it's going to be, I would call it a speedy uh, version of these events because I don't think there's going to be any commercials in any break time. You know what I mean? It's like you do your dunk next person and then it go like that, but we'll see how it goes, but at least they're getting it all in. Yeah. And that's a big thing. And we'll see, we'll see how enthusiastic the players are because as you know, and probably have read that it's almost like a 50, 50, um, 50, 50, uh, approval of being excited of playing in the all-star game. But the ones that are in it, they say it's their first or second time in it. Go out, go out and play hard, have yep. fun with it. Make challenge those veterans that are just like, eh, I'd just rather be home because you don't get to be an all-star forever and just enjoy it while you can. Even in a year where you won't have fans in there, it's okay. It's okay. Cause next year we will have fans. That's right. That's right. I, I think so too. I think definitely next season we'll start to see um, the the fans fill up again. Um, but yeah, the, so that'll be an interesting format to do the dunk contest at, at uh, halftime of the uh, All-Star game. I'm wondering how many people they're going to allow to participate in the dunk contest because that uh, event in and of itself, I mean, that's got to be a good, I don't know, 20 minutes to a half hour event. Gosh, I feel like, well, I do know when it is on TV and it's because it's the last event, it, it's booked for an hour Yeah. when it's on TV. That includes commercials. Yeah. So um, we'll, we'll, we will just see how far it, it goes. Yeah. Be interesting Phew. to see how they, uh, how they make the changes to, to that to in, in that format to do it at halftime, which is typically 20 minutes long. So you're cutting a show down from an hour to 20 minutes. Um, so yeah, yeah, it'll just be see if it'll be the same kind of kind of caliber uh, event that it's been in, in years past. And uh, moving to baseball, spring training's coming up. I'm very excited for your Dodgers. I'm going to cheer them on as hard as I can, as long as they're not playing the Reds. <laughs> and I think the Dodgers do have a a solid chance, Chris, at repeating. I mean. They didn't lose anything in their pitching because, as we talked about a few weeks ago, they added to their starting rotation. <laughs> so um, it, what's the key rule for baseball, Chris, especially in the playoffs? If you have pitching and you play defense, you have a very good shot 
at winning the World Series. Yep, agreed. Agreed. Because it, it doesn't matter if you score 10 runs or three runs. If you have your pitching, man, it, it's over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, I, I don't know. It's all, I'm tough. It's tough to, to, to figure it out or, to, or to, to picture the Dodgers going back again because they've gone to the World Series, I think, three of the last four seasons. Um, that one season where the Washington Nationals beat them. So I'm every season I got to wonder how much, you know, how, can they do this again for another season? Can they do this again for another season? And uh, right, yeah. So, um, or do you think, or do you think they are going to be similar to the '90s Braves, where they make it so far, like deep in the playoffs and to the World Series, but they only get one? Man, I don't know. I. I I'd hope to, I'd love to see them go back and repeat um, in the World Series yet again. Um, I, I think if, if memory serves, I haven't looked it up. I, I want to say that it took the Nationals all seven. It, that series went to seven games. Um, took the Nationals all yes. seven games to, to beat them. So it wasn't like they'd steamrolled them and, and went into the to the series. Um, so I, I mean, the top, clearly they they had got a very strong strong franchise and hopefully the beginnings of a dynasty here. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I, you know, every, every baseball season, I want the Dodgers to win it and, and, and get a world series and they've done it except three out of the last four seasons. I just got to keep wondering <laughs> how long can they keep doing it? Can they keep doing the season after season? Right. Cause it, cause it's like, enjoy it while you can, especially when you're playing at that high of a level with the current roster where you don't have to make many moves on the roster yet. Um, it's just like, just enjoy it because as things change, it could just be a matter of say two people being traded or say, or say they're on the team, but they're not playing to how they normally do play. That's after the team's chemistry. So, um, I just hope they can make it back and, and repeat. I want to see a repeat, Chris. Yes. And here's one thing I want from you and me for this baseball season coming up, mm-hmm. you and me, when the Reds play the Dodgers and Cincy, we are going to the game together. You can wear your Dodgers. You can wear all your Dodgers stuff. <laughs> I will wear my red stuff. And together we will cheer on both teams. All right. That's a deal. That's a deal. You know what I would like to plan is potentially a uh, trip to Chicago to see the Cubs play. It doesn't matter who they play, but seeing Wrigley, the iconic Wrigley Field. Um, with yes, I've never seen it in person. That would be awesome to do, CV. I think that could be a good road trip. Yes, and then we could take our our little segment on the road, you, and we could talk about. There you go. There you go. That's what I'm thinking. That sounds that sounds like a plan, CV. Right. I like your I like your your thinking on it, and we'll make it happen. I like it. I like it. So everybody, thank you for tuning in on Monday, March the first listening to In the Game with Anthony and Chris. Have a safe and wonderful afternoon and evening, and we will talk to you later on this week. Thank you for listening to Sports with Anthony, and later this week, we will have our segment of On the Sidelines with Anthony and Nathan, followed by at the end of the week, On the Couch with Anthony and Michael. Have a great rest of the night, everybody, and I will talk to you soon. Stay safe, everybody.